Today I'm going to be talking to Anatole Menon Johansson, who um, has written a blog about the SXT Health um, Partner Notification Tool on the STI website. He's going to talk to us today about, um, about the tool, um, about partner notification, why it matters, and um, think a bit about what the future of partner notification might look like. Welcome, Anatole. Thank you very much, Jackie. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. Um, tell me, first of all, what's, um, what is partner notification and why is it important in sexually transmitted infections care? Well, partner notification is the key to actually understand where the infections are in the sexual network um, because if we don't, then they continue to transmit um, infections between within that sexual network. So what, was, uh, what does partner notification involve for somebody who doesn't know? Well, yeah, so what will happen typically is somebody is tested for an infection either because they have symptoms or they don't. And then when they're found to have that diagnosis, um, then what healthcare workers would like to do is to contact all the the sexual partners they've had in a prescribed look-back period uh, mm -hmm. to make sure that uh, those people uh, are tested too so that we can find out if any of them still uh, have the infection, if they do, to make sure that they're treated uh, so that the infection doesn't carry on being passed around in that sexual network. So that would be things like gonorrhea, chlamydia, would it also apply to HIV for example? It applies for every single sexually transmitted infection, uh, but we tend to focus on those that are the most common um, and that um, uh, and that are important. But HIV, that we know that when they've tested partners that are up to 28% uh, or a third are, are infected, and we know when we keep on looking at the data in our service at Guys and St. Thomas's that most people who come in saying they're a partner of gonorrhea or chlamydia, uh, usually around a third of those individuals um, uh, also will be found to have the infection. That's true for syphilis. So for the four main infections, the, the numbers that seem to come out from uh, looking at number of partners who've come in and who's saying they're partners and what the diagnostic rate is, it's, it's at least a third. Uh, which of course is much higher than those who are coming in just for routine testing. So it's quite a good way of finding people who might not actually realise that they, they've been at risk of an infection. So um, I've heard people talk about contact slips and all kinds of paraphernalia. Tell us a bit about how in the past um, clinics have done contact tracing or partner notification as it's now called um, and why things are changing. Well, the traditional method that uh, I first saw when I started in sexual reproductive health was that you gave a piece of paper that uh, normally had carbon copies and you would write on the, the code when we initially started doing this, we only used the, the KC60 code. So you put on the code of the, ST, of the sexually transmitted infection, you give that to a person and this piece of paper would then be, you'd ask that patient to then hand it to their partner who would then use that piece of paper to take it into a service to make sure that they got properly tested. Mm, 
Do you know, when I was when I was a small girl, I remember watching a programme about this, which involved contact tracers hanging around about nightclubs. But when I went into the field, I never, we didn't see very many actual contact slips. So how much do you think people have kind of talked informally and how much do you think contact slips were actually a technology that people used? I think um, it was a, an active uh, solution that clinicians felt that uh, would at least help. Yeah. But I think in terms of recording its effectiveness, there were various organ areas of uh, the UK and, and I'm sure in other parts of the world where people tried to get those contact slips ended up in clinics back to the originating clinic to give some idea of how many contacts did uh, get tested, but because people turn up without the slip or it was hard to actually get those slips back to clinic, we found it very difficult to close the loop and know if they were actually given in the first place and if that person then acted on them. And one thing that's really changed in society and in clinics is that nowadays we give people leaflets, say this is chlamydia, this is what it does, this is how it's treated and it would be People, we, we don't say you've got venereal disease. We tell people a lot about the conditions they've got and what needs to happen. So things have really moved on. So how are things changing in relation to um, partner notification with things like the possibility of remote prescribing over the phone and beginning to move into digital technologies? Give us a bit of an update on what's happening globally. There are many different ways that we can communicate with people now. Uh, and it's meant that it, it's possible uh, to use um, technologies to communicate with patients more effectively about results, but also to contact partners the same way. And of course, now we're entering the world of you know, um, uh, blossoming social media. So it's not just Facebook, but we've got WhatsApp and Snapchat and many other things that, you know, that are being used. And of course, they come in and out of vogue. But there are many ways that people can communicate with uh, their partners. Mm -hmm. The hard part is actually yeah, getting the partners to be told, but if you can get the partners to be told and get them to be seen and tested and treated, uh, then, or if, well, it, it, they don't necessarily need to be treated. If they're outside the window period, they can just get tested and see if they're positive or not. Um, but we, and that's obviously good for antibiotic stewardship, but the, um, if you uh, treat partners remotely, which of course is another possibility, you can contact the partners or you can give uh, treatments to the person with the infection to give to their partners, and that's one way of getting treatments uh, to the partner. But the, the problem with that is that the person that they're giving the treatment to doesn't get tested for other things, which of course they may have the potential of passing back. So a classic example is, you know, if you, you expedite treatment to the partner for chlamydia, that other person may have HIV that they haven't yet transmitted back to that person who's got the original diagnosis of chlamydia. So obviously it'd be nice to expedite uh, or accelerate partner treatment, but it's uh, it, where you win on that aspect, you lose in the, the sense that you don't get other testing to be performed. So in, in the States, um, there's a, many states, um, it's legal to do what's called expedited partner treatment, by which they mean somebody's got gonorrhea, you hand them a box of treatment for their partner as well as for themselves. That isn't legal in the UK where we require physicians and healthcare professionals to assess the partner. So as you know, um, I was involved with a, the APT study, Accelerated Partner Treatment Study, which was led by Claudia Estcourt. It was a few years ago now. Um, they would ring 
um, with a, a patient's consent, ring a partner from the clinic and make arrangements, whether it was pharmacy or, or taking a box with them, to treat that partner, having assessed the partner. And, and that worked well in some respects, but not terribly good testing rates. But I know that since then, things have moved on um, in terms of the technologies available. So tell us a bit about your new um, SXT system and where that fits in the bigger picture. Tell, just tell us what it is, first of all. Well, it's a signposting service on sxt.org.uk and, and it helps individuals find a local appropriate clinic and it enables providers to uh, easily um, configure the services and hours that they have and then as soon as they do that and if local patients are looking for them, they can then find them. So you, you go to sxt.org.uk, that's the, that's the site, and it has information about clinics which clinics can modify is that right yes all the providers have uh, the ability within the platform all they need to do is uh, register or claim a clinic that's been uploaded from national databases and they can then make sure that all the services within it are accurate so for example it covers all the sexual reproductive health but if they're able to offer specialist services that would make them deal for for example gay men with symptoms or for women looking for long-acting reversible contraception and they can actually easily configure it so that uh, that is within their SXT profile. And then when people are looking for services, they can find what's local for them. Uh, and, and and how does it specifically serve partner notification, Anatole? So once it will, it's been up and running and we were signposting individuals to clinics to test, then we thought, well, what happens about... what? Well, could we do the same thing for partners? Because in, in many cases, there may be people who've never been to a clinic. So if we're going to send them a message or give them a contact slip, as we did in the past, you, you tell someone the uncomfortable news that they're a partner of an infection, but then you don't necessarily give them the information easily to find a local service because they may not be uh, you know, next to the clinic that's initiated partner notification. So we thought with SXT is finding people clinic at clinics in different towns then surely we'd be really useful to use it for partners so that's why we develop partner notification within it so the idea was not only would you uh, be able to effectively tell partners as many partners as there are but then as soon as they get the message they'll be able, then able to find a local service and get uh, appropriate testing so let's say i'm a partner and my partner's been told by you that he's got gonorrhea say what information do I get and how? What's the patient experience? So for the individual with the infection, um, they, uh, if they're sitting with a, a clinician or a health advisor, um, they, there are four steps to, to using the SXT platform for partner notification. So the first step, you put in the clinic number so that clinics can cross-reference back to their own software. You capture what is the, the STI or SDIs, if it's plural, uh, it doesn't matter how many there are. And the, mo the maximum we've had so far communicated was four sexually transmitted infections in one message. Uh, then the next, um, the next step is that um, you've put in the number of partners declared, and then the final step on the f uh, is number that can be contactable. And then that's all you, the clinician needs to do, or the health advice needs to do to initiate partner notification. Then step two is you st put in the first name of the partner and their mobile number or email address, and it sends them a message. So the partner is informed in the second step of the SXT process, once we know what the effects are. Uh, uh, they'll get two text messages. The first text message says that SXT is working with Public Health England and NHS clinics to reduce the spread of infections, and there's a link there to the SXT website. And then the second message says that 
so, uh, it has their first name and it says someone recently diagnosed with a, a treatable transmissible infection has named you as a, a contact and then for more information there's a link and they click on that link and it takes them to a web page which then gives them more information on what they should do there's a short video on what they should do and then they have a unique code which uh, they can use when they turn up to clinic. Now, because SXT is good at finding clinics, there's a little button they click and they can find a local clinic, and it deliberately signposts everybody to level three uh, genital uni medicine clinics. So that means clinics that, could, that are competent to, that have the, the facilities to treat all infections, is that right? That's correct, that's okay. correct. So it, 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 it will make sure that it can manage every single person who's sent through, because I don't want to, to inappropriately send a partner to a place where they can't manage so, HIV or yeah. syphilis, for example. So, so you have somebody who's perhaps got like two or three partners, yes, you know, you're, you're a chlamydia patient, perhaps a male patient. How much are people choosing to use this rather than to talk in um, individually to their partners in your experience to date? At the moment, uh, there are people, of course, who are doing it in person, and we still have the default practice of the health advisor team pulling at two weeks to find out if the partners are being told. The SXD platform, even though everything's anonymous, you can see if the partners have been told. And you can see if those partners have been seen, have turned up to clinic. Now, of course, when you call the index patient, you can, and they haven't told their partners, you can then ask them, you know, if they've done it verbally themselves, which they may have. And uh, inside the SXD dashboard, you can actually capture that the, the partners have been notified manually, so to speak, uh, and that those partners have been seen and tested. So you can then capture that data, and it is included in the overall dashboard. So you have a, a real-time four-week KPI, key performance indicator, showing where you are in terms of partner notification. I love the idea that you move from oral notification to a manual notification. There's their lovely phraseology. Um, <laughs> interesting. So, um, so clearly things are changing and how we talk to people in life and on our smartphones and so on is, is, is really cha is changing. This won't be the last technology. What, do you, what are you planning to do to evaluate this? And where do you see it as fitting into the kind of bigger picture of how um, sexual health services are changing? Well, uh, next week uh, I'm presenting uh, an e-poster at Public Health England about the difference uh, between those patients diagnosed with syphilis and using the tool and those with trichomoniasis. And we, we didn't plan this, but it turns out that at the time of analysis, there were 94 patients with syphilis and 94 patients with trichomoniasis, uh, and some of them had multiple infections as well. And um, in the syphilis group, it's mostly men who have sex with men, and only f uh, and where ethnicity was documented, it was only 7% were uh, the, uh, from the black minority ethnic community. Whilst with trichomoniasis, mm -hmm. it was it was all heterosexual, and uh, where ethnicity was captured, 50% were from the black minority ethnic community. So what we can do is with this tool is you can actually see how it works with the different uh, different patient groups, and and what it was interesting that there were there were more uh, contactable contacts in the trichomoniasis uh, trich uh, the TV the trichomoniasis group. Um, however, they were they were half as likely that group to actually tell their partners using this platform. So when the partner received the link, either as a text message or email, they were 50% less likely to open the link 
to actually see that they've been exposed to a curable transmissible infection. Um, then in both groups, when they'd actually been told and then opened the link, and they were just as likely to turn up to clinic to be seen and tested. So there's definitely an adoption difference between different groups. And we obviously need to work with that and understand it. But there seems to be a greater adoption about amongst men who have sex with men using the tool to communicate with partners and for those partners to open the link and to be seen and tested. And the, the KPI uh, of uh, the key performance indicator measurement for syphilis is that for every 100 people diagnosed with syphilis, we're getting 27 partners seen and tested uh, by the tool without any health advisor or results team having to pick up the phone and actually contact anybody. So we're getting a, a good adoption and sign off uh, without having to do extra work, which is good. So, I mean, my prediction for the future is um, is that we will see in clinics a greater portfolio of different approaches to partner notification and different, and that will be informed by what we know about what works best with what uptight for different groups. Do you see that future or do you think in the end we will be doing all of um, this work digitally? Uh, I think there's always going to be a mixture, Jackie. And health advisors uh, actually find out there's been more partners than people when they're doing it over the phone. And when the health advisors are using the tool, they're getting 37% more, I was told. And, and then by extension, there's more partners seen and tested. And the difference with gonorrhea is, you know, is, um, there, there's a, there, there is, um, for every 100 people with gonorrhea, with the, the people doing partner notification over the telephone using this tool, we're only getting six partners seen and tested in four weeks, whilst when it's done through the health advisors, it's 14 partners uh, seen and tested within four weeks. So there's definitely, a, uh, what this tool is showing is how it works, not only within different patient groups with different diseases, but also with different members of staff and different approaches. And it's going to have to be a mixed methods, and we're going to have to learn over time which groups respond best to which methods, because that's the only way we ever you know, hit, hit the, the, the targets that we need to hit. And there was a lovely fact book that came out by the World Health Organization about sexually transmitted diseases. And they show that every day there's a million STIs transmitted uh, globally. So uh, there's, there's a lot of work to do uh, uh, in regards to uh, the fact that many people are unwittingly spreading the infections. And, and you know, partner notification is the key tool that we have. So the more digital tools, the more approaches, the more research, the more behavioral interventions we can have, the more anthropology we can apply to this and psychology we can apply to this, the better. And of course, the other side is, I mean, the other, the other thing we'll need to be doing is kind of looking at costs and efficiency and so on. And I think, you know, we all agree that our partner notification outcome measures need a bit of work and improvement. And that's perhaps, perhaps be another one for another podcast, Anatole. Great. Definitely. Thank you very much, Anatole. That's been fascinating discussion. I'm sure it would be a real interest to um, our readers in the UK and abroad. We really look forward to seeing um, where this work goes in future. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jackie. If you'd like some more information, please go to blogs.bmj.com slash STI. You might also want to look on our website. There's a lot of um, interesting publications on partner notification. APT um, by Claudia Estcourt 
um, and also um, some nice work by Hannah-Laura Gotts, G-O-T-Z, um, and we will highlight those on the website together with the blog so you can look and find those links. <laughs>